Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It? A podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com, a Los Angeles Lakers community. I am one of your hosts, Christian Rivas, joined as I am every week by Jacob Rude. But we did something today that we don't do often. We reserve for very special people, one of them being Kendrew, who's uh, been on once before, Kendrew Abweg, who uh, now does a little bit of social for us. So if you've seen a tweet from the account that is has made you laugh it has been sent from likely ken drew and after that it is me and after that and i mean a very large gap it is uh harrison fagan um but we also have another very special guest on the show for the first time cj toledano uh of house of highlights you may have seen his work uh and really my introduction to you cj was watching your interview or or your reaction with Lonzo Ball of his highlights <laughs> yeah. and I thought wow this guy has like one of the coolest jobs in the world uh so I'm very happy you are on the show I've been a fan of yours for a very long time uh and how, how are you doing today buddy uh, I'm doing great battling some allergies but like you know I've been looking forward to chatting with you guys and I mean, obviously, the last few days, Lakers Twitter, NBA Twitter has just been the most joyous time maybe in quarantine, uh, and I just can't get enough of it. It's been fun to participate in and just see everyone. You know, obviously, the Clippers lost, and it, it's just, yeah, it's been fun just logging on Twitter. I haven't stopped looking at my phone for the past, what, 48 hours now, so. Yeah, it's like the free agency frenzy of just like a team getting roasted. It's yeah. like you almost want to turn your tweet notifications on for some accounts. But um, the late, yeah. The- Tuesday night was like a top five Twitter night of all time for me. Yeah. That was, I did not want to leave my, I didn't even want to go to sleep because the jokes were still flying <laughs> off on Tuesday. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's among the the nights of like maybe like uh, DeAndre Jordan being like locked into his house by like Doc Rivers and Blake mm-hmm. Griffin is probably up there. The Clippers also like the tunnel fight. Like uh, some of the best nights of NBA Twitter have involved the Clippers. Yeah. ironically. <laughs> you know? I mean, partly too. It's like you know, I think NBA Twitter is more of a thing than it's ever been in the last, you know, couple of years. And we haven't had preparation the way we did, you know, because those other moments like sort of happen, you know, spur the moment. But this one, we like saw it coming and everyone just had like giraffes ready to go. Like uh, one of my good buddies is, is uh, Josiah Johnson, who we all know from NBA mm-hmm. Twitter. And we were texting back and forth when it was like official, they were going to lose. And we're, we're, we were like, I'm almost too happy to even get some of these jokes <laughs> off right away. But then you got one off and then you were seeing everyone else's off and it just was like fireworks. Yeah. It was incredible. I think the thing that was incredible for us as, as Lakers fans is it was kind of like a Lakers centric experience, but it was also something that a lot of people could get in on. And to yeah. your point, CJ, it's like NBA Twitter's only been around in its current iteration for a few years. I imagine this is what Lakers fans would have felt like almost a decade ago when LeBron and Kobe didn't meet up in the finals. Uh, I can't even imagine what that night would have been like. (laughs) Thankfully, LeBron James is still kicking 10 years later and is on the Lakers. uh, And 
he's teammates with Anthony Davis, which Anthony Davis wasn't even a thought yet. So um, <laughs> no. it it is insane where we are today. I am always happy to slander the Clippers. If that's what this whole podcast is, uh, I will not complain. There was a year's long worth of receipts being pulled out on Tuesday night. It was incredible. The amount of, the amount of people that had receipts and the amount of receipts that were pulled out. Like I remember I was with a, a group of friends and we were all like, Oh my God, this is really going to happen. And it was when Jamal Murray hit that ridiculous three, mm-hmm. like falling out of bounds. It was like, that was the, that was the green light. Like the Clippers aren't coming back from this. This is really happening. And Twitter just exploded right then. And the, the crazy thing is like, I, I actually didn't have any draft saves. Like I, I kept thinking like, the Clippers got this. Like, there's absolutely no way that this is going to transpire the way that it does. Um, and then, so as soon as uh, that, that three went in, I was just like, oh, I stopped what I was doing. I was just like, I need material for this. <laughs> and why, w- like, why would it go any other direction? They have two, like, uh, if not three, I mean, Patrick Beverly made the all defensive first team. <laughs> you have a defensive player of the year in Kawhi Leonard and one of the most versatile defenders in the league in Paul George. Why would the Nuggets win that game? It, it doesn't make sense uh, to me. But I mean, if, if you look at the history and stuff like that, this is the third time that Doc has blown a 3 1 lead. And which the, is- oh, yeah, that wasn't, yeah. that was completely sort of new to me. I mean, obviously, that the Phil Jackson clip, you know telling the the team like he does this mm-hmm. and i was like does he really and then yeah people were just pulling it out. i'm like god damn like yeah. if people were like told me two three months ago that doc could be fired i'd be like you're absolutely crazy almost yesterday i was like you're crazy but now thinking about it just having that record it's like yeah totally i think could be called for and there's definitely a reason behind it Eight and no, or sorry, not eight and no. That would be great. Uh, oh, and eight in elimination scenarios uh, when they have a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals, the Clippers are, which is just insane. Yeah. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Justin Russo, who is a Clippers fan, and we asked him which of the two series were, were worse at where the Clippers blew a lead, that Rocket series or this Clippers series. And I think, I mean, I believe... Jacob, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He said this cl- this year series, but um, and I agree. Like in terms of expectations, I think this Paul George and Kawhi Leonard core with the supporting cast they had. Because even before the season started, I made the claim that if you listed the best cl- players on the Lakers and Clippers one to ten, the Clippers probably have more players in that top ten. Like yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and then. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and then a very long time until you get to another Laker. And I'm not even sure another Laker is in that top 10. For them to go out the way they did is incredible. (laughs) I I would just like to note that I believe multiple times you and I came on here during the season, and I had to talk you back a little bit from being uh, so overwhelmed by how good you thought the Clippers were. Um, so I guess my question would be now: How worried are the, of you are the clip of the Clippers? Are you? I mean, there's always a chance Adam Silver, you know, reverses the result of Game <laughs> Seven, and um, but yeah, no. It, in all seriousness, I I don't know why. I thought talent mattered. I thought Doc Rivers was a good coach. I was 
right about both of those things while also being wrong. It doesn't, it makes zero sense why we're having this conversation. No, I I mean, mean, it totally, like, you think about the rosters that LeBron has brought as far as he has, and you go, wow, leadership and qualities like that outside of stats truly do matter. And then when you look at Kawhi and you look at Paul George and their past, and and I think on paper right now, I'm still Clippers more talented than the Lakers, but it just, it takes so much more to get, especially uh, playoffs in the bubble. And like, again, I would have chosen LeBron and AD over that, but man, it was, it was a great way to confirm those sort of like theories that it, it takes more than just like a talented roster to yeah, get as and, far as they have. And I think the discussion around Doc, changes if Andrew Bynum and Trevor Reza aren't hurt in 2008 you know what I mean yeah <laughs> um but but to like uh to like the credit of like Mike Malone and all the other coaches in the bubble all fine coaches like you just find ways of like getting adjustments to like swing the series your way or you have uh ways to like get your players in a position to succeed uh talking to Justin just throughout uh the past week or so he was just he kept harping about you know Montrez isn't being put in positions to succeed the team's not being put uh, into positions to succeed and you know ultimately he ended up being right just because they had two with three or four games they had uh like double digit leads at one at one point they were leading by like 24 I think in game four and then up by 19 game five or six like that's insane you know what I mean yeah, I, I I have real quick two Doc Rivers stats that I saw in the aftermath of this. One, from, it was from Reddit. Doc Rivers is now responsible for twenty three percent of all blown three one leads in NBA history. Jeez. Oh, two, Doc Rivers and this is from Kevin O'Connor. Doc Rivers in playoff closeout games is now fourteen and twenty seven. Not great. No, not great at all. <laughs> yeah, if if the job is to win a championship for a team, I don't know how much I can rely on Doc, even though he is, you know, such a storied coach. It's just, it's not, that's like a terrible stat to have in your past. Yeah, I I don't know. So Jacob brought up that I was kind of reluctant to pick the Lakers as a favorite in the Western Conference because of the Clippers' existence going into the season. CJ, I'm curious as to where your expectations are with the Lakers now, as opposed to where they were at the start of the season, obviously you, you probably feel a little better now that the field of teams that the Lakers have to go through to win it all are much different than we thought they'd be. But I'm talking about just the Lakers looking, focusing on just the Lakers. How have they performed relative to your expectations at the beginning of the season? significantly better with still lots of like complaints, you know, <laughs> uh, because I, I mean, Kendra, we are going back and forth. And again, I was say, I thought it was going to be the Clippers, but you know, just looking at the Lakers specifically, I just, I was, I was thinking, I don't know if I have felt any better than I have about them since LeBron came to LA, like the position they're in right now, I'm more excited. Everything is in place, but I'm still angry at Danny green missing threes. I'm still angry (laughs) when they're shooting 20%, you know, like, and that's the crazy thing is like, if they play any better than they have, which is totally like the ceiling is, they still haven't reached the ceiling, which is so exciting. And the Clippers aren't in the way. So 
and the Bucks aren't in the way, if you think about it that way. So nice. I, I'm feeling better than I've ever felt. But man, I'm also like, as a person, do should I like, you know, temper my expectations? Absolutely. But man, like, I feel <laughs> really good about being a Lakers and a LeBron fan right now. No. And you had a, uh, sir, and you had a tweet too. You're just like, listen, I believe in karma. I don't want to see uh, yeah. Denver and the Celtics in the final, which like the thought of that, makes me incredibly sad on top of all the existential crises that are just building up with each passing day. So we've just I, seen so many great examples of it. Like we bullied mm -hmm. KD into going to the Warriors, you know, it's like <laughs> these players that are going to play the Lakers have Twitter too, you know, it's, I, I can't believe we're even talking about this. No bucks or Clippers like, or Raptors. The, Oh my. And the Raptors, what's crazy to me is if the Clippers would have won game seven, I would have been as worried as I was at the start of the season. Yeah. Like they're just good. Like they had enough NBA players to give the Lakers the fits. And that's not saying the Nuggets don't like the Nuggets have looked really, really, really good oh, in the yeah. bubble. Jokic is doing things that I've never seen from a center in my lifetime. Uh, and Jamal Murray's bubble Murray just seems to be him now. Like that Jamal Murray we saw against Utah is just Jamal Murray now. Um, so I'm, I'm not underestimating the Nuggets in the least bit. I still think the Lakers match up better with the Nuggets than they would have matched up against the Clippers and Bucks. And that is what I'm hanging my hat on literally, literally and figuratively. This, uh, these playoffs have, could have hardly played out better so far for the Lakers. Um, I mean, it was a pretty flawed Blazers team. We got the Rockets, um, I mean, we were skeptical all season about whether small ball would work, and for a variety of reasons, uh, they didn't put up much of a fight. And now, as you guys have mentioned, there's no Raptors who the Lakers didn't really match up with and match up well with in either game. Um, no Bucks, no Clippers. Um, it, I, I take some, I guess, confidence. And all the quotes the Lakers have been giving the last couple of days about the Bucks, and that they weren't looking ahead to a series with the Clippers, and that um, especially today there are a lot of quotes. Um, Christian, I don't know if you have them or not, but they, I think LeBron and a couple of the guys had quotes about how good the, the Nuggets were and how much respect they have for them. So that, that uh, calms me down a bit, but because I spent most of Tuesday night and Wednesday just trash-talking, but also knowing – I mean, you don't get to the Western Conference Finals without being a really good team. Yeah. And I ask you guys a question, like, how will you feel if the Lakers did drop game one? Knowing they've dropped game one, you know, in the past two series, like, still confident, right? Is this a thing that they do? Is this almost intentional? Is that feeling like a real thing? Or is it like they just always need that reset? I, I think the... Lakers are going to get in the Nuggets head and let them go up 3-1 and see what they do, <laughs> see how they respond. Um, but yeah, in, in all seriousness, I, I don't, I don't know how I'd feel. I think it would be different if the Nuggets clearly looked like the better team and it just didn't look like there was anything Frank Vogel could do to negate what the Nuggets were doing outside of LeBron James just going supernova, which at 35 years old, he could still do, which is why I'm so confident. And Again, his teammate is Anthony Davis, who made the all-NBA first team and all-NBA uh, defensive team. 
it, it's just nutty. So I, I don't know. It's, it depends, but generally speaking, I say, I'd say yes. I, I'd still feel confident in the Lakers coming out. Yeah, I was rewatching just to get hyped up about it last night. I was rewatching the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics 2018, and they went down, you know, two games right away. But the way that LeBron adjusts, like, very just like looks the series very in a micro almost view and just goes, I need to tweak this, I need to tweak this, I need to get this person involved. Like, that's the kind of guy, you know, LeBron is, my confidence is so high with him in being in those situations you know? Yeah. And like with LeBron specifically, I forget the actual stat, but LeBron James has historically lost game ones. It's just Mm -hmm. something LeBron James and LeBron James teams do. So uh, yeah, when you look at it that way, I mean, why even play the game one? Just give it up. It's forfeited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I saw the, the, the injury report and yeah, I was surprised to see, and I, maybe I just don't look at it that much, but him being probable with a sore right groin. Yeah, he's been probable for yeah, the last, like okay. since the playoffs started. The one surprise on the injury report for me was Rondo because he was not listed on the injury report last game. He's questionable, questionable now with those same back spasms. And I, I mean, as much as we're talking about how surprising the Clippers have been in the postseason. The Lakers have had a few surprises in the postseason as well, for better or for worse. Rondo's on the positive side. Danny Green's on the opposite side. If you told me going into the season that I was going to get more joy out of watching Rondo play than Danny Green, I would have told you you were insane. But here we are. Uh, And, I I mean, you know, I think at this point, at this point of the season, you just take what you can get from, from the players that are available. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the, uh, the crazy things with that is like, uh, like I mentioned before, in terms of like the adjustments and stuff like that, uh, Vogel's decision to have uh, Markeith playing and not really playing JaVale or uh, Dwight for the Rockets. I think that's going to be the inverse for this upcoming series. Like uh, having Dwight there, Dwight did pretty well. Uh, if I remember correctly against the Nuggets throughout this season, um, you know, whether they're going to decide to go small, which they also had success with against Nuggets, uh, will be interesting. But um, I don't really feel as confident in Rondo against the Nuggets as I did against the Rockets. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Like, he's ended up proving me wrong um, throughout the entire Rockets series. And whenever I was tweeting from Silver Screen and Roll, and I was talking about how, like, well, Rondo is in. Well, we're screwed now. And everyone's like, no, like, it's fine. Rajon, playoff Rondo is here. And you know, for better or for worse, he has been. And um, for that, you got to give him his credit. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more Nuggets, Lakers, basketball in general. Uh, maybe a little stand-up comedy if CJ doesn't mind. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be, we'll be right back. All right, CJ, we only have you for a few more minutes. So I wanted to get your thoughts specifically. No disrespect to everybody else on this podcast. <laughs> I wanted to get you some of your thoughts on uh, on what is, lies ahead for the Lakers. What do you expect out of this series, um, both in terms of what the series will end in and and how you expect the Lakers to play the Nuggets? Yeah, I think, I think it'll be a, f- a five to six. I think the Lakers in five to six here. I think... Unless we see something from the Nuggets that we haven't seen before, like literally I think they've spent every sort of surprise or like, you know, we've seen the best Nuggets team. And I think the Lakers just have too much that 
don't they have every answer for what the Nuggets have done to the Clippers, uh, uh, to the Clippers and the Jazz. I think they just get it done. And I think, I mean, I really think that the Lakers have this. Again, I want to temper my expectations, <laughs> but if they play the way we've seen them play, I think there's no reason. And then if we even want to go in the future, I think there's a chance that we get another really big player in the off season. I think the stigma of playing with LeBron is, is gone. I think people were like, why would I want to join LeBron? You know, I want to beat him. And I think he just really creates an incredible environment for players who are seeking that sort of last chapter of their career, uh, getting that championship. And I think we could see someone join the Lakers in the off season. I think the same, and I think the thing that makes the Lakers interesting is that mid-level exception where they can Mm -hmm. bring in a veteran player. My hope is Goran Dragic, but I think he's played his way out of the Mm mid-level exception for the Heat. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, yeah, whatever happens in the offseason, I I think the Lakers are just going to come back with a better team. I think the same can probably be said for the Clippers, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's only one team in the Western Conference Finals, and it's not the Clippers. I take great joy in saying that. Uh, Before you head out, CJ, I wanted to ask you a quick uh, question on on stand-up and the the climate of stand-up in uh, in a global pandemic like this. Uh, Obviously, it's not easy. Uh, And for those that don't know, Kendra, this is actually how you know CJ. Like, I don't know how familiar you were with this House of Highlights before, but in terms of your relationship with him, uh, it's not even strictly basketball. Well, it uh, it like was generally, and then he started doing a uh, comedy show in Eagle Rock uh, over at Casino Filipino, which is check out, uh, order takeout from them, support yeah. them, whatnot. Um, but yeah, I met him personally uh, through there, uh, which was a really fun show uh, that was going on weekly until the pandemic hit. So yeah, that's how it kind of uh, went on from there. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Eagle Rock is literally the Philippines in the United States. <laughs> and, like, when I, when I moved to the neighborhood, it was the uniform was a Kobe jersey. And like, that's my big joke is who is, who, who is Jesus Christ to Filipinos other than Jesus Christ? Is it Kobe or Chad from the Neptunes? <laughs> and it, it's, it's, still it's, up, close. it's still up in the air. It's very yeah. close. It's, it's very a, close. It's a debate worth having. Um, how how has your job and and your um, you know side jobs passions mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them how have they been impacted by the pandemic because I mean I, as most people could guess it's it's not been easy yeah it hasn't been easy I'm still incredibly grateful to be employed but yeah it's it's affected it tremendously obviously it's like stand up one I'm I'm lucky that stand up isn't my main source of income. Uh, my wife, she's a full-time stand-up comedian and writer and, uh, you know, she can't go on the road and, and make money doing these big shows. And it was a big part of her income and yeah, live shows are just sort of like done right now. Um, for me on the house of highlights and sports side, like one of my biggest responsibilities is creating premium content for, mm. you know, the account. And so one of my favorite and biggest things that we ever do is a sort of a LeBron or Kawhi sketch or short film. And we can't, I can't, like, I usually would shoot a lot of those in Ohio to save on, you know, production costs. Um, and they're involved a lot of travel for myself and a lot of the people who play these characters. And so those are put on pause. And so like, it, it really kind of pains me when I see 
a story like the Clippers blowing a 3-1 lead and being like, oh, I had this idea for this shoot or we do this. But, you know, a lot of these things happen very fast and involve, you know, have a lot of moving parts and just completely impossible to do in a pandemic. So the NBA Twitter aspect of making, you know, just sort of these lo-fi memes is, is <laughs> it helps, but it ultimately it's like, man, I really wish I had th- these obviously we wouldn't have the bubble without the pandemic, but like a lot of really fun storylines that house of highlights could have done on a, you know, our sort of premium production side. Well, I think I speak for all of us, uh, not just on this podcast, but everybody listen to this podcast. When I say, I hope this is all over soon for all of our sakes. Um, yeah. And I can speak personally saying that I hope this is over soon. So uh, you and your wife can get back to doing what you're very good at. Um, I appreciate and that. CJ, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You are welcome back anytime you'd like uh, if you ever need a place to talk Lakers basketball. Uh, but until then, uh, you, you enjoy yourself, sir. Thank you. Enjoyed being on and thanks for having me guys. And you guys stay safe and yeah, go Lakers. <laughs> Lakers indeed. All right. Talk to you guys soon. See ya. All right, later boss. Kendrew, I thank you for connecting me with him for one thing. Uh, he was a delight to have on. Mm. Uh, and now it is just you and me until mm. Jacob returns because something happened with his Zoom. <laughs> uh, but we only have a few minutes anyway. When Jacob returns, we can pretend we were talking about something else or that CJ told a really funny story that he just had to be there for. Mm. Uh, but while I have you here, what is going on man like i i want to credit you i want to tip my hat to you Uh, for the work you helped me do and i'd say almost carried me uh on the night that (laughs) on the night that the clippers lost to the nuggets because we we got some good engagement on the account i think i checked at one point we fired off 32 tweets in an hour Mm -hmm. which per 36 minutes is a yeah, lot. That's, yeah, if we're going advanced <laughs> analytics here. Hey, that's, that, that's on the both of us, man. I can't take all the credit from there. That's, that's, that's me and you both. Like that, uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Like I'm glad, like I had just have a bunch of stuff like saved up, but I was like, okay, how am I going to apply each thing to each, uh, each particular thing? But you know, um, you know, stuff like that's just fun, but, uh, nope just time to go to work for the next series, you know, <laughs> now, before yeah. we, uh, now we got CJ's thoughts on it, but I mean, how, how are you feeling uh, personally about uh, Lakers matching up with Denver? I think it's a good matchup. I think it all depends on the adjustments Mike Malone makes. If he plans to start Michael Porter Jr. on uh, Jeremy and Grant or sorry, Jeremy Grant, I think it is going to be a quick series. Uh, but I don't anticipate he'll do that. I think uh, Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap mm. will probably start at the three and four respectively. Uh, I talked about this a bit with Sabrina on yesterday's podcast, but I think the place that gives me most confidence is the number of bodies the Lakers can throw at Nikola Jokic. Like, mm. obviously, I don't think this is going to be a JaVale series because post-defense just, like, <laughs> generally speaking, isn't his thing. Um, and he can still sh- block shots. Like if you're going to play him in the second unit against like the likes of Plumley, yeah. yes. Um, I think I'll think he'll do just fine. Uh, but to have the defensive versatility of Dwight Howard and then Anthony Davis, I think that is really good news for the for the Lakers. And I'm not saying they're gonna 
you know, make Nikola Jokic a non-factor because that's really hard for any team to do. I don't know if they'll make Jamal Murray a non-factor because he's also very, very good. And Gary Harris has emerged as an impact Mm -hmm. player uh, in, in the in the bubble not that he wasn't before yeah. it's just we had no idea what kind of player he was going to be after missing so much time so and he's a lot of shot. question marks but the the i think the telltale sign going into any series is that of course there's going to be a lot of question marks the thing that inspires confidence in me with the lakers is that you can make educated guesses about what the lakers will do and how they'll respond to those unknowns so um yeah, a little long-winded answer, but I am feeling pretty confident. Jacob, how are you feeling confident going into this series uh, before we wrap things up here? I'm trying to temper my expectations because basically I'm really confident. And, I mean, as I said, you don't get to the Western Conference Finals without being a good team. But the Nuggets, I thought the Lakers, when they were at full strength, matched up well with them. In the regular season, ultimately, that only really ended up being two games. Um, but, I mean, that game before the All-Star break was one of my favorite games of the season. Um, I'm I'm pretty confident, but, I mean, Jokic, I think Jokic and Murray are both playing the best they probably ever have in their careers right now. Um, so there's certainly nothing to scoff at. It's going to be interesting – I listened to Stan Van Gundy on the low post today talking about what the Nuggets are going to do defensively, basically how in the world they're going to try to stop LeBron, which is where most of my optimism and confidence comes from, Um, and just what their plan of attack is going to be defensively. Because especially if if they go small late in the game with AD and LeBron and Jokic has to guard AD, that is huge advantage Lakers um, because Denver with Jokic a lot of times um, has him, has Jokic basically stay in the paint. So maybe it leads to more pick and pop scenarios like we saw with the Blazers game where Mm. AD just kind of killed them in the mid range or LeBron just gets a full head of steam and attacks Jokic and he's going to get those calls most of the time. So, um, but all that being said, the two-man game between Murray and Jokic is just as lethal. Um, it's going to be a really interesting series. It's not one I was necessarily prepared for, but I'm happy it's here, especially the way that it happened because that means we got to laugh at the Clippers for two days straight. Yeah, and, and like I, I, I forgot to uh, if it was just in the bubble or if it was in the playoffs, but Jamal Murray is almost a 50-50-90 when it comes to shooting. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. – in, that's insane. Like I like I'm trying to wrap my head around that numbers, but some of those shots that he's hitting, I'm just like, he had Kawhi on skates. Like I think game two, oh, and I was just yeah. like, oh my goodness. And then with uh, with like Gary Harris making his shots too, because I know that was a, one of his uh, big weak quote quote unquote weaknesses. So and I mean, like yeah, out of oh, nowhere, yeah, when he had 12 points in the one quarter, like it, it's wild. But I mean, as it's been hammered home before. It's like the adjustments that are made. Um, LA has a opportunity to kind of have those uh, opportunity or whenever they have Jokic in the paint or getting them in transition, mm-hmm. which I know they've been kind of thriving off of. So, but you know, we'll see, it's going to be an entertaining series for sure. 
And um, we really can't predict much considering how hot <laughs> Denver's been. It's wild. Well, I'm sad you said that because before we go, <laughs> I held off on making my predictions oh, on Sabrina's show yesterday because it is something I know we like to do on this pod. Uh, so, Jacob, because Kendrew seems taken aback by the fact that we do a prediction ahead of uh, a series, um, why don't you give me your prediction? I just want to pat myself on the back first because I did predict the Lakers in five against Houston. <laughs> All uh, right. <laughs> I'll, pat, I, I'll give you a pat on the back. You talked about how good Keith was going to be. You don't need to bring up anything else. We'll uh, pat Kendrew on the back just because. Thanks, guys. I needed it. <laughs> Um, I'm trying, part of me wants to say Lakers in five again. I'm, re- I'm really confident with how the Lakers, just the way they've handled themselves in the playoffs, the way they've adjusted, the way they've, um, taken it game by game, basically. I'm, I'm higher on this, on the Lakers now than I have been all season. I'll give some respect to Jokic and Murray and say Lakers in six. But, uh, yeah, I'm closer to Lakers in five than anything else. I think the Lakers will will control a lot of this series. Kendrew? Uh, I say Lakers in six. Um, just because we – there's just a lot of room for uncertainty. And given the fact that Denver is just incredibly hot right now, like they just went off on two three-game win streaks in – with their backs up against the wall, you know? But if we've learned anything in these playoffs, here's exactly how this series is going to go. The Lakers are going to drop game one because that's what they do. They're going to win the next three games, and then you're up against, like, the immovable object and the unstoppable force because (laughs) it's the Lakers that have won every series in five versus the Nuggets who have come back from 3-1 in every series. So that game five would, would shape up to be a memorable one. And, okay, so I'm with you, Jacob. I think the Lakers lose game one, win the next three. I think they lose game five, and I think the takes come flying out. I don't I know think, if I could handle that. <laughs> I, think, I think people are going to lose their minds, and then LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to go psycho in uh, – game six so i also have lakers in six whatever happens beyond that we will come back to when the time comes in the meantime fellas thank you so much for for joining me i love having guests on the show we will try to do it more often uh but i mean for the time being kendrew you are our longest or or, our guest by most appearance on this podcast give yourself a hand buddy it's an honor it's an absolute (laughs) honor there's nothing that i've ever done that can ever top this (laughs) cj is one away from tying you uh but we will make sure to have you on whenever he's on so he never passes (laughs) you um fellas thank you so much and thank you all for listening at home we hope you're staying safe uh and and doing as well as you possibly can be right now uh until next week we will we will see you around